Hey, girl. Hey, how's it going? Good. I'm in a much better mood today. Wonderful. We love that. Uh, But it's sometimes kind of nice to like have you all riled up. Yeah. I kind of like when you're fiery. I get a little passionate about some stuff every once in a while, don't I? Well, for today, I'm kind of hoping you get a little bit fired up because I want to know your opinion on some things in this one. I do not have a shortage of opinions. Love this thing. (laughs) I'm here for it. I'm showing up. I am Tracy. I'm Samantha. Welcome to the suspended sentence. Are we jumping right in? What are we talking about today, girl? So for this case, we're going back to when I was a junior in high school. Good old 2013. 2013. Um, and we are going to be talking about the Elisa Lamb case. How does it make you feel that that was 10 years ago? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. We just okay. went to my husband's 10-year reunion last year, so in 2022. And it hasn't been long enough of not being uh, in high school. I don't know that I'm going to mine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try 20. We'll try 20. Uh, okay, uh, the what? I'm sorry. Elisa Lamb. Elisa Lamb. So, jumping right in here, um, I have no answers. I to I don't have an opinion, which is really weird with true crime stuff. Okay. Usually I have a theory of what happened. So, there's quite a bit on the internet of people that, little internet sleuths that think they know what happened. Some reasonable and some very off the wall, and I want to kind of touch on all of those today and kind of get your feedback on what you think. Okay, I'm not familiar with this case, so Ooh. give it to me. This is a this is a wild one. So in February of 20, uh, 2013, at the Cecil Hotel in California, do you know about the Cecil Hotel? I do. Okay, and I think but for people who might not, give a short synopsis. Short here. synopsis, and I know we're going to be following up with a episode. 100% on the hotel as well. Oh, fantastic. Because this hotel is wild. So this hotel is in LA and it is in Skid Row. So okay. high dense, um, unhoused population. Um, it started out is it was supposed to be like a luxury hotel. Now today it is low income housing. Okay. Um, so in 2013, cheap rooms you could stay there for very very cheap um so a lot of the guests start complaining to the front desk about water in their rooms saying it tasted weird others saying that there was no water pressure others saying that the water was black when it first was turned on Mm. so the front desk is getting all of these different complaints about water issues like consistently or all of a sudden all of a sudden okay Okay, so February of 2013, all of a sudden they start getting No problems before that recorded? Not recorded. Okay. So if you're from the U.S., you, like I said, you've heard of Skid Row. It sits right in, this hotel sits directly in the middle of that area. So if you are walking down there now, there's unhoused people everywhere. Um, There's a really, really cool bookstore across the street that some days, like on my bucket list, I want to go to the last, um, it's called the, the Last Bookstore. That apparently is super, super cool, but it's just not a great area of town. Okay. Like, as far as crime is concerned, or just, like, environment? Environment, crime, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of unhoused people in this little area of town. I don't know the statistics on crime with that population, if it's... If it's more they're just there or if it's... Well, so it's L.A., so you already have... You've got gang violence, you've got okay high density, and then you've got a very condensed area where L.A. has kind of pushed the unhoused population. Okay. So, I mean, it's not somewhere you'd probably want your 18-year-old daughter 
walking around alone at night. Or really anybody, I guess, I suppose. So being in Wyoming, we do not have that population at all. At all. In fact, here where we live, there's actually a city ordinance saying that you cannot be, we can't say that word, right? You can't be unhoused. You have to have housing. Mm -hmm. And if you are living on the side, I don't know if you even know this, if you're living on the side of the road, sleeping on the side of the road, et cetera, law enforcement will stop, make contact with you, and buy you a bus ticket out of here. Oh, wow. And we, 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 <laughs> people here, we buy them a bus ticket to the closest homeless shelter, which is, you know, in a neighboring state. Oh, wow. We get them out of our state. And I don't, you know, I mean, it sounds good, like, oh, that's being helpful, but really, you know. So I don't have, I don't have any experience see and I personal experience I we talked about this in a previous episode I was living in Texas before this Mm -hmm. and um so I lived in the Dallas Metroplex and I lived on the Fort Worth side and I worked at um the county hospital there which was in the peak of the homeless or unhoused population yeah and um I mean most of the time you have no problems but when the weather would change I mean it's survival. I yeah, mean, 100%. 100%. So we'd sometimes get some outbursts. We had very high security due to... Really? And we were also the only mental health hospital in the area as well. And so sad part of it is a lot of undiagnosed mental illness goes if you, you can't afford insurance. We've talked about this before too, the cost of... Mental health services is a joke. So if you are unhoused, you can't afford a home. How are you? That's probably not your priority. No, no. When you don't have food to eat and you have 20 bucks in your pocket. Yep. Yeah. You want to sit with a therapist for 20 minutes or do you want to have dinner? Exactly. So because of these water issues, the hotel sends a maintenance worker to the top floor. He takes the elevator to, to the 15th floor. They turn off the alarm to access the stairs that head to the roof. The alarm sounds if you don't have your key card so for safety yeah. reasons you know they don't want people obviously right running around on the roof so he disarms the alarm um and enters the roof where there are the water towers so big old tanks on the like 15th floor of this hotel after getting to the roof he gets out his ladder gets to the access point which is on the top of the water tank um which is not only how the guests get water to their rooms it's also how the kitchen gets water and a local coffee shop so all of this these water tanks are supplying to the coffee shop the kitchen and all guest rooms okay it's gotta be some big ass water they're tanks. huge I'll, yeah. I'll post pictures on our instagram of the picture of this they're massive water tanks okay he moves the lid um so now there are some different accounts that say that the lid was completely shut others say it was slightly open when the maintenance worker gets up there he isn't very clear on how close this was he looks in and unfortunately sees the body of a woman in the side of the water <gasps> this woman had been missing for three weeks and was Alyssa lamb oh my god a little bit about her she was born in canada in 1991 um, they were immigrants to china from hong kong In 2013, she was 21 and had decided that she needed a break from university. She had been struggling with her mental health and had um, was struggling how to navigate her new diagnosis of bipolar. She was having a really hard time with this. Um, She was on new medication. Mm -hmm. 
she had felt different her whole life. She had just gotten this diagnosis, and so she told her parents that she she needed some time away from university just to kind of get get her bearings under her. Yeah. yeah. So she decides that she wants to come to America and see the West Coast. She wanted to do this alone and was calling it her West Coast tour. She was really excited, but of course her parents were worried about her traveling alone. She's navigating a new new stage of her life, um, new medications, and she wants to leave the country and go to America. Mm-hmm. So her parents were really, really worried about this. Alyssa promised, Alisa promised that she would call and check in every day to let them know where she was, where she was staying, um, and her parents said that she was really, really good about following through this, and she never missed a call. So anytime she'd move into a new hotel, she called her mom or her dad and let them know exactly where she was staying, what she'd been doing. Yeah. Was really good about updating mm-hmm. them. She started this adventure on January 22nd um, and saw San Diego. She was also updating her blog spot page and her Tumblr account, which is so weird to think about now because I don't think anybody even uses those things what anymore. What is Tumblr? Tumblr was kind of like the Instagram before Instagram. Oh, okay. So she was updating those um, along the way. She had a little blog on her blog spot account. The entire plant trip was planned and laid out on her Tumblr page, which okay. travel tip. Girls, don't do. Let's not do that. Post about things after you've left those locations. Post about things two days after you've done them. So that you're not Don't there. ever do anything in real time. Yeah, and don't be posting your entire plan layout. No. This page is still up, but there is no more content. Um, the only thing that is still there is a quote that says, you will always be haunted by the thought that you are wasting your life, which now is really, really eerie to me. Yeah. That that is... The only thing that's still up on that Tumblr account. She checked into the... Is Tumblr still active? Not really. I mean, I think it is, but I don't know that people use that a whole lot anymore. It's kind of like MySpace and things like that. It's still a platform, but not one that's heavily trafficked. Yeah. So she checked into the Hotel Cecil on January 26th and was supposed to stay in a hostel-like room. So if you don't know what a hostel is, that's a... Hotel room that you share with strangers. It's usually got a couple oh, different beds. Oh my gosh! In it. I've seen the movie Hostel. I will never stay in a hostel because that seems like a really good way to like get sex trafficked or kidnapped or something horrible happen. Oh, um, but they're significantly cheaper, so you can stay in these rooms because you're just renting the bed. You're not renting a room at that point, so they're significantly cheaper. So for people that are like backpacking and stuff, that's yeah. Very for popular. people who are extremely light sleepers, maybe just yeah. <laughs> holy crap. Not I. Well, so she moved in there with a couple other girls, and her roommates complained to the front desk that she had weird behavior, and they didn't want to, they didn't feel comfortable staying with her. So because of this, the hotel moved her into a private hotel room. Um, I couldn't find anything else about what they said that was, like, weird about her behavior. They just said that she, they, she made them uncomfortable. Hmm. She was supposed to be checking out of the hotel on the 31st, and she was supposed to be calling her family that day to let them know where she would be going next. That never that call never came. Her parents on the 31st called the LAPD and explained the situation while getting ready to head to America. They were like, she hasn't called. This is weird. Head to America. Where were they? In Canada. Oh, in Canada. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, we're just going to show up. Yeah. And don't get me started about the LAPD. <laughs> LAPD makes me angry. <laughs> There's so many cases with. I probably someday I'll do an episode about them because there's so many things that just get dropped because there's such a high caseload so and there's so much that mm-hmm. just makes doesn't make it through. 
So the police could not get a search warrant for her private room. So they were only allowed to look at public places like the lobby and the hallways. So they weren't able to get access to the hotel room. Why? So they couldn't get a search warrant. Why would they need a search warrant? Just get a key from the front desk. Exactly. <clears throat> I don't understand that. Yep. So her room was not examined for weeks. For weeks? For weeks. There's 700 rooms in this hotel. Mm-hmm. Hotel workers remember seeing Elisa, and they said that she looked really happy. She had been talking about people to people about gifts that she had found at the local bookstore across the street for and who they were for. She was really excited to give the gifts that she had been finding on her adventure to her family and her friends. The hotel has um, footage of Elisa in the elevator on the day that she went missing. And then, okay, this video is really wild. So she walks into the elevator. She pushes the button. She moves to the way back of the elevator. Then the door opens. She moves forward, peeks out really, really quickly, pulls back in. Her entire mood, you can see it on her face, changes. She presses her back against the wall, moves to the corner by the buttons. Then she moves to the opening, steps out completely of the elevator, goes back in, back out again, back in, hits all of the buttons on the elevator. The door sh- never shuts throughout the entire thing. And I'm, so I'm terrified of elevators. Elevators freaking out. Sure. Not my thing. How many times I've had to run into elevators because I'm afraid they're going to like shut on me. Like they Mm -hmm. shut so fast. And this is like, she just made a million different moves and this elevator door is not closing. Is weird to me. So I don't know if there was something faulty with the elevator. Or it had sensors. I, but she's like way in the back for like a couple seconds over here for a few seconds. Like usually they shut within pretty Mm -hmm. quick. Um, so it never shuts. She steps out of the elevator again, moves her hair and starts making weird hand movements. It kind of looked, I don't know if she was like double jointed in her wrists or something, but her arm, like her wrist bent all the way back, both of her wrists. And it's just making these really, really weird hand movements. I wish you could, once again, I wish you could see me. I'm like trying to like demonstrate like what her hand looks Uh like. Bends her knees and it looks like somebody's doing to her, but there's nobody else there. A lot of people say that the video looks really edited. Like maybe they were, maybe there was somebody there and the hotel is trying to cover themselves. Like maybe it was a worker or something. And they ed- cut pieces out. And this is online. You can look at this video. It is very, very, very bizarre. So this brings us back to the day that she was found on February 19th. The tank is eight feet tall. And to get her body out, they had to completely drain it and cut a hole in the side because they couldn't get in there. Um, what do you mean? They couldn't, like, it's a little hole. I don't know if you've seen those big, huge How did they, tanks. how did she get in there? That's the question. How did she get in there? It's eight feet tall. I mean, she, she wasn't eight feet tall. Okay. So her body was um, very deep, badly decomposed at the point because she'd been in there for three weeks and water does speed up mm-hmm. decomp process. Some people say that she was naked. Others say that she was in clothing, um, wears wearing clothing that she was seen in the elevator war- elevator in. Um, but everybody does say that her body had a weird sandy texture. Like there was something like on her that they couldn't figure out what it was, but it had a sh- like sandy grainy texture. Hmm. Um, if she did this by herself, how did she get to the top of the tower? That's my first question. B, how did she move the lid? The lid alone weighs about 20 pounds. 
Nine out of ten times uh, reports say that the load was that the lid was completely closed. So let's say you get the lid off, you jump in. You can't reach it to screw it back on. Exactly. How are you putting the lid back on? How is the lid closed unless somebody put you there? Right? Feasibly, I don't think that she could have done this herself. I wonder what kind of lid was it? Was it a twist on lid or was it, it like, like it was a... just a square lid that like slid into the slots of... Okay. You know how they sometimes have that little mm -hmm. lip and it's a little lid that falls in? Autopsy, her autopsy led to more questions. Her death was ruled an accidental drowning from contribution of her bipolar. That's what it says in her autopsy. Mm. Um, she took one antidepressant that, that day that she went missing, but not her other one. And she did not take her antipsychotic medication that day. How do they know that? Because... Pill count? Mm -hmm. She is believed to have died around midnight, and no foul, was, uh, no foul, foul play according to her autopsy. Um, they were not able to complete, like, a rape kit or anything because of how decomposed her, her body was. Her parents filed a wrongful death um, case against the Cecil Hotel, um, that the negligence of the hotel is what led to her death. Prosecution said that Elisa and her family were the ones that were negligent. So they lost the court case saying that the, they were negligent and turned it around and said, actually, you guys were negligent for sending her here. She's the one who got on the roof because they said no foul play. So they mm. turned it around and blamed it on her. I don't know how I want to work this. Her autopsy says because of her bipolar, it was an accidental drowning. Mm -hmm. Give me a little bit more like insight on that because that confused me. I was like, how is that hand in hand for, for that? Okay. I don't know a whole lot about bipolar, bipolar. disorder. Okay. Okay, so bipolar disorder diagnosis, <laughs> it used to be called manic depression. Okay. It was changed in the DSM-5 to be called bipolar disorder. It might have been changed before that in an earlier version of the DSM. Um, but basically, it's a mental health condition that causes extreme highs and extreme lows. Um, so highs would be what we call mania or hypomania. And lows, everybody knows is depression, okay? Um, so there are there's several different levels of bipolar. There's either bipolar one or bipolar two. Um, and and really the distinction is it's the mania and the hypomania or the depression that plays that plays the, the most significant role in what your diagnosis is. I don't know what her diagnosis was. Do you, do, do you? I don't. All it talks about is that she's on two antidepressants a day and one antipsychotic. And that the diagnosis was bipolar. It didn't give mm -hmm. the distinction. Okay, so, so symptoms of bipolar... Uh, gosh, there's a million, right? But it's really that... The, the, the mania. And I don't know if you've ever seen anybody who's suffering from a manic episode. Have you? I don't think so. It's, it's extreme. It's, it's really extreme. The emotional regulation is completely non-existent. Behavior is completely unpredictable. Um, it's, it's all over the place. Bipolar one disorder is where you basically have had one manic episode that's followed or preceded by a hypomanic or major depressive episode 
Um, it can cause a break from reality, which is what we call psychosis. Um, bipolar 2, you've had at least one major depressive episode and at least one hypomanic episode, um, but you've never had a manic episode. Hypomanic is not as intense as manic, okay? Um, bipolar 2 is not a milder form of bipolar, but it's a separate diagnosis. Like they're not interchangeable. Um, while manic episodes of bipolar 1 can be severe and dangerous, Samantha, um, individuals with bipolar 2 can be depressed for longer periods, which causes significant impairment, okay? So um, it, it's just irrational, very, very, irra not irrational, irregular behavior that is extremely high or extremely low. Okay. Okay, so manic is like, Wah! <laughs> No, it is. It's really, really irregular behavior. Unpredictable things that people would not typically do. Oftentimes, dangerous. Okay. So... Not dangerous to other people, dangerous to self. Okay. Okay? Okay. Thank you for that because... Does that I, help a little that bit? That does. Um, I want to jump into the theories and then I kind of want to get your opinion at the end as well here. Okay. Because um, like I said, this is more with the mental health being a factor in this you're right. gonna have a different output that or input that i'm gonna have right um so kind of just read. also let me throw in here though that finding the correct medication to treat significant mental illness is very difficult and it's very time consuming mm -hmm. because there is medications that you use to treat depression and anxiety that can make bipolar more significant there are medications that you, like if your diagnosis is incorrect, you can really F someone up by giving them the wrong medication. And also medication specifically, anybody who's been on medication for depression or anxiety knows it can take up to three weeks, six weeks, whatever, before the medication actually is in your system and starts working and starts working on, you know, your brain, your, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. Finding the correct kind of medication, again, not knowing what her diagnosis was or how long she had had that diagnosis, it was very reckless for her to go off and start traveling before if her medication was not stabilized. Right. Because it's a very, very, everybody's body reacts differently to medication. We react, everybody is different. There isn't like a, oh, you have this, take five milligrams of this and you'll be fine. We don't know. We don't have that information. We don't have her medical reports. Right. But that that is another really significant part of that. It is. Especially, yeah, because all it said, and I don't know the exact time frame, is that she had that new diagnosis of that and needed New. A new being a, a very important word. Yeah. New. So I'm guessing those medications are probably new, too. I would imagine. So kind of... Which could either alleviate or exasperate... The, the manifestation of it, mm -hmm. which we don't know. Right. Well, before I jump into the theories, I just kind of want to recap again because I threw a lot of information out there. So she checks in. Mm -hmm. A couple weeks later, she disappears. We have the weird A couple elevator. weeks later after she checked in? Uh, I think it was, what, she checked in on the 30th of January. Her body wasn't found until the end of February. Oh, my gosh. So... We see on the 19th, so she was at least there two weeks. Okay. 20 days about. 
Um, we have the weird elevator footage. Mm-hmm. We have... Which I watched while you were talking, so I can I can jump in about that okay. here when I after I hear different theories. I'm okay, perfect. We've got the weird footage from the day that she disappears. Mm-hmm. We have the people saying she was acting weird, mm-hmm. didn't want a room with her. She's found in the water tanks. The tank mm-hmm. is closed. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at. Okay. So the first theory is that she was murdered. definitely more questions than answers. Right. And that's what's frustrating about this case is there is. A million different ways you could take this. Absolutely. In my, in my mind. Um, the first theory is that she was she was murdered. Sure. Um, the reason that this is, to, in my head, a strong contender is how'd she get roof access? The alarm didn't go off. There was no report of the alarm going off. How'd she get up there? Sure. So that's where the kind of the theory of, was it somebody that worked at the hotel that had badge access that could get her up there? Do we know what what floor of the hotel her room was on? I don't. We don't have that information? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she had also written on her Tumblr that there was a bunch of people bothering her and that had been following her. The Tumblr also kept updating after she um, had died and her cell phone was never found. Oh, interesting. So that to me is an interesting theory because yeah. do we have somebody that murdered her and then took her phone and was like, oh, well, I can at least get away from this. Before she's found, by if I just or buy myself enough time that the body decomposes enough to yeah yeah. So that's that theory. The next theory is the most. However, if you don't want her body to be found, you would not put it in the water tank that feeds the. I also just want to say, um, now knowing that it was her in the water tank. Oh God! Imagine being no. Taking a shower, eating any food. Drinking water out of the no. sink. Getting a cup of coffee down the road no. for those two weeks. No. Oh, my gosh. This is the most out there. And this one, I'm going to go into how, how it works as well, is the elevator game. This is a game that is played in Korea and where you supposedly gain access to another dimension or another world. What? Yep. So, I looked up how this works and this reason this is such a out there theory and why people think this is what happened to her is because of the elevator footage okay um and i looked up how to play it so there are many steps on how to play and survive the elevator game so you've been warned i mean i'm not going to try to play this but you need one player only one you can't have anybody else with you one person in an elevator that has a minimum of 10 floors step one you're the player. You enter the elevator alone, and no outsider can enter the elevator with you, nor can you leave the elevator at any point. If you do ex- ele- exit the elevator before you're told, you must start the game over. Step two, you ride the elevator to from floor to floor in a specific sequence. Up to the fourth floor, down to the second, up to the sixth, back down to the second, up to the tenth, down to the fifth, and remember not to get off on any of those floors. Step three, when you get to the fifth floor, you will encounter a mysterious woman. Do not look at her. Do not answer any of her questions or interact with her in any way. The consequences of engaging with her are said to include the possibility of never returning to the real world. Step four, you push the button to descend to the fifth floor, from the fifth floor to the first floor. Here's where things get to be a little crazy. If the elevator operates normally and takes you to the first floor, you exit immediately, do not look back or talk to anyone. But if, 
Instead of taking you from the fifth floor to the first, the elevator goes up. Congratulations, you've been allowed into another world, or so they say. What? Re- <laughs> Resist the urge of freaking out and simply press the em- or simply em- and simply the urge to press the emergency button and wait for the fire department to arrive with help. They will not come. So not surprisingly, um, the elevator game believers, the people that believe that this game really does get you to alternate dimensions, are convinced that she was playing this game. They believe that she broke the critical rule of not rule of not interacting with the woman in step three when she exited and looks like she's speaking to someone. Worse, she may have been transported to another world at some point, and, which had pre- prevented her from returning alive to her normal world which is why they believe that maybe the water tank was a portal and that's where the alternate dimension kicked her out. Wow. Last theory. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to sit with that one for a minute. Last theory is suicide or accidental drowning. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the elevator game theory. (laughs) It's a little far-fetched. A little far-fetched. I mean, there's a whole community that is 100% that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Back to our world. Give it to me. <laughs> Let's get off on, on level five here and come back to our world. No, don't talk to her. Uh, <laughs> what what theory resonates the most with you? I don't know. I am torn between murder and suicide. Reason being, murder makes a little bit more sense to me in my head. Because how'd she get on the roof? How'd she get roof access? Mm-hmm. And the fact that her Tumblr kept posting afterwards is weird to me. I don't know. I don't know. But then you throw in the mental illness side. Yeah. I don't know. The elevator freaks me out. I don't know. I'm interested to see what your uh, what your take on all of that is. So, like I said, I watched the video, the elevator footage, and we'll post this on our Instagram um, so you guys can see it if you want to. Um, the footage to me is very in line with someone suffering from a manic episode from my experience and what I've seen. Mm-hmm. What I was trying to zoom in and see in that video is if, you know, you were you were disturbed by the fact that the elevator doors were not closing. Yeah. What I was trying to zoom in and see is she was leaned down and she's pushing all of the buttons. Did she push the door open button by chance? I don't know. Because that would hold the door open. But it holds it open for that long, though. It holds it open until you push it again and, and comes off. In, in the elevators that I've been in, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know about this one. But I couldn't, I couldn't zoom in. It's kind of grainy. It's not, it's not good. Um, but her behavior to me is, is very reflective of somebody suffering from mm-hmm. or experiencing a, a manic episode. Now, also, with my criminal justice background and experience, you can put as many alarms and you can put as many locks and you can put as many doors to protect things as your insurance tells you that you are legally required to do. If someone wants to go up there, they're going to get up there. How did she get up there? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know the layout of, of the hotel. But I know that, I mean, people break out of prisons for crying out loud. If you want to, you know, if you want to get up somewhere, you could get up somewhere. Also, in in addition, the water tank, again, without knowing what kind of lid it is, 
if it was maybe like a, a swing door one, you know, she could have held on to it and then pulled it down on top of her. She could have been hiding from something. She could have been playing a game with herself. She could have, it's hard, it's hard to say. I'm going to lean more towards, oh, also the girls or whoever saying that they didn't want to share the room with her because her behavior was off would actually give a little bit more steam behind this theory that it was mental illness. Because if you're manic or you're hypomanic or you're going through one of those episodes, it is scary. So do you think though, because the, the argument for murder, the whole somebody's watching me is paranormal being paranoid? Like if Absolutely. she's actively, is it yes. after a manic episode or in it? Uh, before, during, after. The whole time. The whole time can be. Mm. So I'm I'm going to lean towards what the autopsy says. I think that that's complete. I'm not completely ruling out. Now, let's address the posting on whatever after, after death. I, we can set things on our Patreon, on our Facebooks, on our Instagrams to post later. Yeah, that's true. That feature is there. So that really isn't, I mean, it could be, but it really isn't an indication of foul play. Or the fact that we never found her phone though? Um, that's not really bizarre. That's not really weird. I mean, it could be, I mean, stuck on the bottom of the water tank. It could be, she could have thrown it over, she could have dropped it. She could have, I mean... I mean, I agree. There's enough. There's there's way more many case. questions than there is than there is answers on it. Um, we've talked about this before, though. Like in several of our episodes, mental health needs to be taken seriously. Agreed. And I am not. I'm not about blaming people or whatever. But she should not have been. She should not have been traveling until her medication was stabilized. That that was so dangerous. It was so there dangerous. Should have been maybe like a should have needed like medical release to do that or something. Well, a psychiatrist or something. Ugh. So, do you think that the hotel is negligent at all? No, you don't. But if they if that alarm wasn't working, no, you don't think so. No. I mean, with, with the information that I have, I'm sure that they had signs on the door. I'm sure, obviously, it was locked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because, you know, me, I'm in a position where, like, I have rentals, I have a business, I have, and Sue Happy people absolutely drive me insane. You know, and if I have a rental and somebody... I'm not making a reference to this. I'm just thinking of like a worst case scenario, okay? If somebody climbs up on the roof of one of my my apartments or 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 whatever and they fall and they god forbid die, should I be sued for negligence? Yeah. I know what you're saying? I I mean, I'm not I didn't ask them to go up there. I didn't take them up there. I didn't, you know, I mean, but I don't have a sign that says keep off my roof. Yeah. Do I need to? Maybe probably today. <laughs> you know, I mean, how responsible are we for other people's actions just because we own something? 
if there was gross negligence, I mean, if there was like, I don't know, they had streamers and balloons and the door open and a party up there or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm just saying, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of this because this is tragic and this is awful. And people should pay attention to several different things here. Several different things. Yeah, I think that there was a lot of red flags throughout this entire thing. I do Things too. you've talked about, the posting on the Tumblr, her entire travel plans. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that a lot of things could have been done differently. I mean, I think, I think if anything, I think that there's a social, um, there's a social responsibility that wasn't fulfilled in this in this story. People saying, "I just want to get away from her. I don't mm-hmm. want to help her." Right. Which I mean, really, I mean, everybody's on vacation. Everybody's doing their own thing. Everybody, everybody can't be bothered, Mm -hmm. you know, by our brothers and sisters, i.e. the human race. Right. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, the autopsy report didn't show, didn't show stabbing or defensive defensive wounds or anything like that. And maybe because of, you know, the, the, the level of decompensation of the body, but I, I think that this was a mental health murder. That's a good way of putting it. Cause that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Sad story. It is a sad story. Sad story. A, a, a young, beautiful girl is, you know, is dead because she just wanted to see the West coast. She just wanted to feel normal. Just wanted to be normal. That's sad. It's it's a tragedy on every single level. We'll post the video and we'll post more information on her um, on on our Instagram. Mm -hmm. And thanks for bringing that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, thanks for your insight. Insight. It is. um, It is. It makes me more aware every single day how tightly knitted mental health crime. And society is all pulled together. How it all correlates and how it, it is so inter, interwoven. It's, it's sad. It is really sad. It's sad. Thanks for bringing it. Yes, thank you for... I think it's an important conversation too, like the mental health aspect of it. Yes. So I'm, it's nice to have somebody who knows a lot in this field so that we can get kind of a different... Like I said, I was not educated. I learned a lot today. Right. That was my case. So... Yeah. I think it's an important conversation. It is an important conversation. And more focus and more attention and more education needs to be out there about mental illness and how things like this affect all of us. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. So you don't think it would be the elevator game? I don't think... <laughs> I kind of don't want to play the elevator game, but... Well, just be safe and don't play it, um, but let's... Like I wasn't freaked out about elevators to begin with. <laughs> nope. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks. And don't forget to check out our Instagram and our email if you need us, the Suspended Sentence Podcast. Stay safe.